Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC, the only podcast dedicated to spotlighting New York City talent. On this episode, we have a New York City-based singer, songwriter, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and a bunch of other things. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him on Instagram at Fayer Music, F-E-Y-E-R Music. Please welcome Fayer. Hey, welcome, welcome. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Thank, well, thank you for putting... You know how to pronounce that name because I would have messed it up. So. I don't know. I don't see how somebody would like mess that up though. A lot of people say fire actually. Fire? fire? No. You see the E Y E in the middle, and they're like, "Oh, I." I wish it was fire. That would be amazing, yeah. but it's not. It's fire. It's an American yeah. Hungarian name. Oh, okay, interesting. Hungarian. Nice. Yeah. My dad's yeah. from Hungary originally. Wow. That's why you got a beard. <laughs> That's why you have a beard. <laughs> Nineteen twenty-five, yeah. and I've had one since twenty thirteen. Nice, nice. No, because like American English is like, well, just like English in general is such a pain ass language. Like, I I don't I respect anybody who chooses language, to learn so, it. I yeah. mean, I don't know how, why people have an issue with it. Well, <laughs> but I could learn you. two at a young age. Yeah, but you can learn one. <laughs> hey, hey, I speak two languages too. Thank you very much. Oh, you can speak Japanese. What are the two you speak? Uh, English and Japanese. Very cool. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Do you can you speak any more languages besides English or? Well, I took lessons in Spanish. As we all did. Yeah. <laughs> most of it. When I was really little and I was in Hebrew school, I started learning a bit of Hebrew, but I forgot that oh. too. Oh, are your parents like uh, kind of like religiously Jewish? No, we're like I was raised Reformed Jewish. Oh, I'm not okay, cool. This, but it's like super, super lax kind lax of stuff. Lax Jewish. Uh, Hebrew school growing up, and I learned some Hebrew. I know like Shalom and stuff like that. <laughs> nice. What's the difference between Hebrew and Yiddish? Yiddish, interestingly enough, is a Europeanized kind of language mm-hmm. where it takes characteristics of Hebrew and it takes the Hebrew alphabet, but it has its own vocabulary, I believe. And linguistically, it's very similar to like I think a mix of German and Russian and a couple of other things. Oh, interesting. Gotcha. I know quite a bit of Yiddish slang. Like, you know, if someone says, like, I need a schmear on my bagel, that's Yiddish. <laughs> you know, it's such a schlep to get the yeah. No, but Sounds I feel like, nasty. well, like, well, like, like this schmear? plays into, no, but like this plays into kind of like New York accent and stuff like that. Cause I've, yeah, cause I've like grown up hearing those type of slang and just think they're just like New York or like kind of like, kind of like New York so is New slang. York more, but like, more Hebrew or, or, or Yiddish? Like slang wise, like it's just yeah. like some slang. No, cause like I've, 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 I've heard those things said, being said before, and I just assume, yeah, just like straight up, kind of, kind of just like a New Yorkish accent, like kind of like a you know Eastern European, you know New York, New York, New York type of slang. But I, I didn't know I mean, that it had like oranges within like within like actual Yiddish and stuff is like that. Linguistics fun, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about like, yeah, yeah. Yourself. Let's 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 talk about music. Yeah, yeah. Podcast. I'm very fascinated by accents, actually. Yeah. In, um, the New York City accent, like the traditional one, you don't hear it as much among people of our generation. No, definitely not. We're so much more connected with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, about me, uh, what you want to know, where I got started, what I'm doing now. Yeah. Okay, no, 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 no. From... Okay. First, let's talk about why specifically, like how did you gravitate towards towards the keytar being your main you know, instrument that you like interface with, like at least on social media. Them. I thought they just stopped selling them. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can still find them online. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, they still make them new, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. The yeah. model I use is a Roland and it's actually discontinued, but 
I grew up playing piano, like I was classically trained growing up, but I was never really a classical pianist because I didn't growing up have it in me to practice like seven hours a day like they wanted you to do. So I became decent at piano, but not like a virtuoso. But when I was in high school and college, I started playing a lot more synthesizer. And then I was searching online one day and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the website Sweetwater, but it's yeah, like of course, yeah, of course. It's on of musical instruments. And I saw that they were about to discontinue this model from Roland, this guitar model. It was normally about like $800, but it was 75% off because they were about oh. to discontinue it. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I got to get on this. And then it came and I started playing it. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is going to be my, my gimmick, my shtick. Oh, that's yeah. shtick. Yeah. What we were talking about before. Huh. And so that's just how it started. And I figured, you know, I want to have something that might distinguish me from the other singer, songwriter, producer mm -hmm. people out there. Not too many other people are playing guitar. So I figured. Yeah. I, I mean, because I think that's how like I like because, you know, this guy is always busting my <laughs> busting me about kind of like finding new people and stuff like that. So I think um I, I messaged you like a few months ago and I think I saw one of your videos with you playing the guitar. So I was like, oh, this guy's pretty interesting. Let me just message him and see what happens. So like, yeah. Well, thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, and thank you for coming on. Of course. Yeah, and I see we also follow each other on TikTok. I saw you had a viral video of someone moving around a mattress. Oh yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> That's I'm still, I'm still banking on it. I'm just like, hmm, now what? just like you know we're, we're just a one-hit wonder on tiktok yeah but it, like interestingly enough like that's something i wanted to talk to you about like what do you think musicians should be posting on tiktok because you're pretty active on it yeah i've recently gotten very active on tiktok because i found out that the only way to grow at this point is to post often that's and what people say yeah sort of you could have a niche which is you know my niche has sort of been guitar covers but i haven't been doing it that much because i'm trying to build my audience up more first trying to hop on some of these trends and a lot of times Topical. getting hopping on these trends and uh, seeing what's currently popular in the now is how you build your initial audience. And then once you have them come in, that's when you could start being a bit more niche. And mm -hmm. some content creators would argue the opposite that you have to start more niche and uh, eventually you could expand out, but I think it could go either way. What I'm doing is I'm just laying the groundwork with general posting memes shit posting i'm allowed to curse on this podcast yeah yeah so yeah do think posting okay so yeah i post uh every day oftentimes twice a day just because i'll be scrolling in on my for you page and i'll see like oh this person's doing something pretty cool that's a trend uh, i might as well put my own spin on it so i've been posting a lot and if you want to grow yours keep posting and things will pick up yeah, but so think, how do you find I think the... something oh, well, something else that's pretty interesting about what you do is like you actually go in and comments on all the comments that are like on your posts oh yeah you back out on them yeah no it's definitely good for your engagement to reply to a lot of comments you get get the conversation going and uh it'll eventually i think help the algorithm a lot like people will go back to the video when they see your comment reply and they'll see mm -hmm. oh yeah nice because like yeah because how do you find because you know i also do music and i'm also in the midst of like kind of like uh, recording an album and everything and like david's been telling me for like a while now to you know get on you know um to you know get on like tiktok but like how do you find the content to like post every single day because that's the thing that's the most daunting for me like oh yeah at first it was really like i first got tiktok actually in march of 2020 like as Makes soon as sense. everybody went into quarantine everybody was like 
hey, let's hop on the next thing, which is TikTok. And I'll be honest, I'm a little older than most TikTokers out there. I'm most- 25. You're already past the, past the peak, past <laughs> yeah. the point of becoming a superstar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, tough to be old on TikTok. No, actually, yeah. there's all ages on TikTok, but it's usually dominated by like strictly Gen Z. So like mm-hmm. people in, currently in high school and college. But finding the content is really easy because the second you open up the app, it appears on the For You page and you just keep scrolling and scrolling and there's an endless amount of content and an endless amount of ideas. I also check the Explore page every day, which shows what's currently trending. There's trending sounds every day. There's trending hashtags. Some of the trends are very timely, such as on Christmas, it was a Christmas trend. On New Year's, it was a New Year's trend. I think today's trend was... um, I think it was hashtag clean talk. People were talking about like how they go about cleaning their house or something. <laughs> really have anything to do with that? Wait, so really... like, so like, so like, do you? Because like, I haven't seen your TikTok, but like, do you just engage a kind of like specifically non-music related kind of like trends or like? Um, I do a little uh, bit. Of... So, when I first got TikTok. I thought that the only way to go popular was to make some of these dance videos. So I tried that and it was incredibly embarrassing. Yeah. And then I more about the ins and outs that you could uh, repackage and repurpose sounds to your own liking. The one I made today was this robotic kind of voice that for, for some reason, this is all over my For You page today, but there's this guy saying like, damn, I've been banned from Dave and Buster's. And <laughs> I don't exactly know what it's about, but I saw some of the videos and Basically, they were making memes like, you know, when you're five years old and your parents won't let you have seconds on dessert. Damn, I've been saving <laughs> busters. So I just went right on the nose and I was in bed when I made the TikTok and I was just like, when you have a nightmare that you're banned from David Busters and then it's just like, damn, I've been banned from David Busters. Have you done the ice, the ice check yet thing or no? Like the diamond tester thing? No, I actually don't. I haven't. Heard What's that? that? Funny. So, so like, like you've seen like the uh, videos of like people who, uh, like, they go around like on Facebook, just like some dude with a diamond tester going around the mall checking to see like the diamonds are real or whatever. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> I've never seen that before. No. Well, anyways, on on TikTok, there were some dudes who just wanted to, I guess, like, show their followers that their diamonds were real. Mm-hmm. So they would diamond test themselves. Right, oh. like, oh shit! Look, my diamonds are real. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then somebody was just like, "Hey, listen, like, it makes no sense. Like, you just fucking fake it." So like, it's just like a, a meme of that. Wow. Yo, TikTok is a completely. I don't know, and, man. And the weird I don't... thing is, like, everyone's <laughs> completely like in a separate pool just because like how good the algorithm is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, your totally. feed is like for you. Like, it's to a T. Like, exactly your humor. I mean, that's that's the price of like selling your data to TikTok or like uh, rendering your data over to TikTok. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how people find fans. That's how yeah, this guy's yeah. been doing so good, right? Yeah. I'm trying. I mean, with TikTok, they, they track, of course, your activity, your likes, not even just your likes, but like which videos you're more likely to watch into the end, uh, what you like, what you comment on. And there was a period where the only people on my For You page, and I think this is everybody's For You page at the beginning, the only people on my For You page were like the super huge influencers like Charlie D'Amelio and artists like that. I don't know if I call her an artist, but she's like, she's an influencer and she's the biggest star on TikTok. And I, that was the first video I saw. And then you could go down that rabbit hole where you click on videos like that. And then the only people who appear on your For You page are these like 
ridiculously attractive, rich, young content creators who are big mainly because they look good. Mm -hmm. TikTok yeah. actually was under some fire a few months ago for censoring people who weren't super attractive. <laughs> wow. But I was able to customize my For You page by seeking out a lot of fellow musicians and liking their mm -hmm. posts. And now pretty much everything on my For You page is just like music related. Music nice. and music, my nice. two favorite things in this world. <laughs> nice, nice. Like, how did your, your sound is like kind of like it's different from what I've heard. It's like theatrical, but also like retro. Like, how did you get to that sort of sound? Like, what was the journey to, to get to there? I loved classic rock growing up. Like the main station I would listen to would be like 104.3, which is New York's classic rock station. And I just became really influenced by those huge bands at the time, 70s and 80s, you know, like Led Zeppelin and Queen and groups like that. And then the farther down the rabbit hole of that I got, I started getting into a lot of these 80s new wave groups like uh, Talking Heads and uh, groups like that. And just, I wanted to combine all of that together. I was also in the drama club growing up in high school. Ooh, nice. I was into musical theater for a while. And I just, and as I said, I was originally classically trained on piano and I just wanted to not narrow myself down to just one style, but find a way to combine it all together. So nice. Out. So nice. as you can see, one of my singles I've been releasing is pretty different than the last. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. What I do, and I don't try to put a genre on it. Yeah, because like uh, I was like telling, because because the first time I listened to your music, I was telling David that like that like you sound very similar to like Ninja Sex Party, if you know <laughs> who they who he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard too much of his stuff, but yeah. it's interesting when I make my music who I get compared to because oftentimes yeah. I'm surprised. Like I'm producing a new track right now, and I sent it to the co-producer who's helping me with it, and he's like, "Oh, this is so Oingo Boingo." I know who they are, but <laughs> I haven't done much listening to them, and that wasn't my intent at all. But I'll take it as a compliment because yeah. I found out it's Danny Elfman, who I'm a huge fan of, and nice. if that's who I remind you of, then that's great. Yeah, no, you you should definitely check out Ninja Sex Party if you haven't like listened to like too much of his stuff. It's really because 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 it's, it's in that same modern retro '80s new wave it's rock just thing. You, if Weird Al Yankovic would make songs <laughs> in your style, yeah, basically, basically, basically legitimately uh, that. I think Weird Al is amazing. He's a genius. No, definitely. So a couple of originals out there, not just parodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're, they're still parodying like the style of the artist he might be parodying, but it's not mm -hmm. like directly parodying one of their sounds. Yeah. I don't know his track Dare to Be Stupid. It's from the 80s and it's an original of his, which pokes fun at the band Devo. They did that song with it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, I don't think it actually parodies any of their songs. It just parodies their style overall. The style, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because like, how did you, so like speaking more, more, more about your genre or style or stylistic choices like why did you like how did you fall in love with like the guitar and specifically kind of like that retro new wave you know vibes yes so i'm one of those people who is sort of caught in between generations in a way i'm a late millennial i was um you know born in the mid early-ish mid-ish 90s mm. which is like the tail end of millennials and so a lot of the media I was exposed to growing up was uh, more Gen Z oriented, I guess you could say. But 
I you growing up, yeah, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I up, sought out media that was much more like boomer and gen x oriented oh, so you were like a hipster before it was cool that's like hipster to the second power <laughs> like, hipster squared hip, hipster squared <laughs> the first concerts i ever watched not like saw in person but watched online was i bought a dvd of queen who i'd say is one of my all-time favorite bands playing at wembley stadium in 1986 which is way before i was born and that that was music that like dominated like the boomer era and i just like fell in love with it and uh then from there i just became so immersed in like all things 70s and 80s like when i was 13 i grew out my hair really long because i saw all the, all the classic rock bands had long hair and i was like oh i want long hair so i was like for a while the only dude in my middle school with long hair and uh then i got to high school and had to cut it for a stage production but <laughs> But yeah, so I was really into music and things like that from well before I was born growing up, but also being presented with things that uh, were targeted towards my age group and also people a lot younger than me. So yeah, yeah. Cut in between. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of that, um, yeah, because I wanted to ask, because you said uh, in in your in your bio that that uh, that you know that uh, that your music kind of like incorporates from nostalgic cartoons, movies, video games, and you know animation loops. So, like, what are some of the uh, cartoons, anime, you know, music, whatever that really inspired you and that kind of like influences you to this day? Totally. So I uh, probably watched way too much TV growing up. <laughs> was, um, I wasn't much of an athlete. You know, I didn't play outside too much after school. I really just a lot of the time sat at home and watched cartoons. And I grew up with, I'd say, the golden era of Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Yeah, definitely. Shows like that definitely influenced, I'd say, my style a lot. And there was a while where, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Toonami. Yeah, but, of course. You know, yes. Yeah. It was a uh, obviously a anime focused cartoon block on Cartoon Network and when I was about eight or nine years old I was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z mm -hmm. one of the things that I think separated Dragon Ball Z from the rest of the shows I watched was the music and I was yeah. very intrigued by the music and so I definitely say that anime soundtracks like those have influenced my style a lot <laughs> exactly the same yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because definitely just like um, because like the reason why I got interested in like the Japanese music industry or Japanese music is because, you know, from a harmonic and obviously melodic point of view, you know, there's a lot of like more interesting things or more things that, you know, we're not, we're not used to in kind of like America, the West and stuff like that. So I definitely understand you being, being, being like drawn into, you know, that sort of like, you know, genre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and definitely even like some Western cartoons had their own very distinct soundtracks, which I tried to emulate, you know, like you, you hear um, the Rugrats soundtrack and you immediately <laughs> yeah. hear, the Rugrats, or you hear the Hey Arnold soundtrack, you immediately know it's Hey Arnold. Yeah. Definitely, definitely inspired me a lot growing up. Yeah. What are some of your, so like, what is like kind of like some of your like all time favorite cartoons or like pieces of media? spongebob actually oh man yeah the classic 100%. i was just singing the uh texas oh no like a set like that oh i don't I, I forgot the official name but like i want to go home i was like singing that earlier for some reason but yeah yeah no i love spongebob growing up 
not so much into their newer stuff. Yeah, a lot of people are, but SpongeBob, uh, Hey Arnold, as I said, uh, on Cartoon Network, there was like Ed, Ed and Eddie. Oh, yeah, the classic. I would watch all that stuff religiously. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in high school and procrastinating from doing my homework, I found out that someone had uploaded a lot of those old episodes to YouTube. So I was rewatching them. Mm -hmm. While I could have been, you know, I mean, I was a decent student, but I wasn't like super straight A's or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I probably could have been if I hadn't spent so much time watching these reruns of cartoons. (laughs) But it shaped a lot of my music now, so yeah, it's a total loss. Like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of artists have this sort of like obstacle, but maybe even more so like when it's a genre that sort of not many people are used to. Like, how do you grow an audience to, to listen to your music? Well, it's, it's tough, I got to say, because in the age of streaming, people gravitate towards sort of what they already like. So if you're really into indie pop, you're going to mostly just go to the indie pop playlists and yeah. see what new artists or artists you already know are on there. And uh, if you're into rap, you know, obviously it's, uh, if you're very niche at the beginning in music, it is a bit easier to get that initial audience. If you're sort of in between genres like I do, it's uh, a bit more difficult. But uh, a lot of times it's just putting yourself out there on social media and also word of mouth and uh, just hoping for the best and never giving up. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was looking at your your uh, page, your, your website, and like it, you've been on a couple uh, press spots from what it looks like. Like, how, how yeah. do you like, how would you recommend like artists, you know, get something like this too? There's a couple of different ways you could go about it. So in the past, I've worked with a couple of publicists, which are definitely a good investment if you have the money, but it can be kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. The reason to hire a publicist is to sort of uh, open doors for you and get you to skip a couple of steps because you know that if you work with them, they already have a potential relationship to this publication rather than you blindly emailing them yourself. But of course, if you have a good enough pitch and you have a good enough song, it's very easy to get the hold of an email for someone who writes for some of these publications and get them to write about you. Nice. So like, how did you... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, there's also a website called SubmitHub, which... Mm-hmm always recommend it's maybe good at the beginning if you're just trying to get yourself out there but it's basically a crapshoot because you can submit to publications at the click of a button but because they're so overwhelmed with submissions they usually only take like maybe one percent of all submissions that come in and be like how do you know like a publicist isn't just scamming you that's the other thing too is you really have to do your research you have to do the review you have to see if there's any reviews online you have Mm -hmm. to uh Good publicists or good uh, PR companies will list their clients or artists they've worked with on their website. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out to one of those artists being like, hey, I saw you worked with this publication. I'm thinking about working with them. And uh, what was your experience like? And do you have any recommendations? Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was, I was going to ask, like, um, yeah, because how does one even find like a publicist? Because like, um, but like, I, but you definitely answered my question already, so yeah. <laughs> is that where you attribute your your growth in in twenty twenty four? Like, because I, I was looking at your twenty nineteen rep, then your twenty twenty, it looks like basically doubled. Yeah, it's just a lot of putting myself out there, and uh, I wasn't working with a publicist this year. I was doing a lot of it just on my own, but I was trying to build some relationships with journalists and 
from the past, uh, when I was working with some PR companies, I tried to reopen those doors where I already got in a feature and be like, hey, remember me? You featured me in 2017. Would you be interested in checking out this new track I have? So definitely, uh, it's definitely important to make friends with yeah. people. No, nice. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think right now might be a good time to just sort of like, actually listen to yeah, yeah. To, to like actually plug in some of your music so like what single like what song of yours do you want you know everybody to listen to so my latest track is called my disconnection released in the past october features a rap verse from a good friend of mine named siege spitfire who i met taking a summer class at nyu nice and so that's my latest single and i definitely recommend uh spinning that when you get the chance yeah for sure i mean like i, I think we actually uh we spotlighted that on our news thing too right i remember yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Appreciate that. thank you awesome play it boop Line, it's in the fine print splitting hairs to credit a case but i'm about the about face swing to my side to see what i mean it can't be unseen what Welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Uh, we just lis finished listening to Fayer's uh, latest single. And uh, what's yeah. it called? Uh, I have no idea. I forgot already. I'm sorry. It's called My Disconnection. My Disconnection. So, right. do you want to tell us more about the single, like where your head was when you're writing it, the production side of things, like a one, a, a 360. You can write a explanation. Book. Yeah, if you, you can write, write a book, book just about song. that. Yeah, I don't know if we'll have a book, but I could tell you about how the song came about. Mm -hmm. I first started writing it the year I graduated college because I was fresh out of college and I went to school in the middle of nowhere. So I had no idea how sort of like the real world worked. And I got a job in retail and I kind of hated it. And I just felt disconnected from like the world around me and sort of alienated from my work. And that's when I started writing my disconnection. And I had the idea for the melody in my head for a while, but I had never put words to it until the song finally got written. And then when it was completed, I thought, you know, this just isn't enough. I need someone featured on it. I need like some rapper to break it down. So when I went to that NYU program, I became friendly with this guy, CJ, AKA Siege, and he put his verse on it. And that's how it happened. And I thought, I think the song wouldn't be the same without the feature. I think yeah. that Exactly. Nice. How, how important do you think collaborating is for musicians? Very important, especially at the beginning. Uh, the friends that you make at the beginning are the ones that can carry you through your whole journey and career. And collaboration at the beginning is definitely, I mean, there's something to be said about someone who does everything entirely on their own. For a while, I was doing most of my stuff on my own. But lately, I've been doing a lot more collaborating. And it's just... Uh, I think that the reward, it's just so much more rewarding when you have like success that you could share with someone else rather than just by yourself. So I've been, for my upcoming singles, trying to make it more about like a collaborative process. This new single I'm going to be putting out, don't have a release date for it yet, but I'm co-producing it with someone I met through a So Far show. So that nice. should be nice. cool. Yeah. So I work for 
well, it's not a thing right now because of the pandemic, but I work yeah. for Sounds as an audio engineer. Oh, no way. Nice. I'm able to meet so many great musicians through that. Yeah. So my favorite musicians I know now, I've met through mm-hmm. so far. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I remember like back in March, April, I, I emailed somebody over there like, hey, would it be cool if you just post us on your Facebook page or something to, you know, have some artists on? Got a couple of them on. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, yeah. Shelly was from so far. Okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. I think Amanda was too. Yeah. Do you know, did you ever produce for her or, or like do any of her shows? Shelly Thomas. Shelly Thomas. Yeah, I do. Oh, know. cool. I also, before the pandemic, was working sound for a venue in Brooklyn called Pete's Candy Store, which you nice. guys are probably familiar with. And basically, at one point, my boss said to me, we're a little short on finding some good bands. Would you like to book, you know, once a month, once a Saturday? <laughs> Nepotism, here we go. <laughs> listen, listen. No, 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 that's no. the way yeah, you no, gotta no, do it. Yeah. I didn't book myself, surprisingly enough. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> I did find a lot of great musicians to play through reaching out a, through a Facebook group. And oh. Billy was the first person to write to me saying, hey, I'd love to play. Nice. So then I met her and... That's how it happened. And also she performed at another function I was a part of called the Sound Shop. Not sure if you're familiar no, with that. Never, no, never. New York City style showcase and discussion panel kind of thing. Wow. One of my friends runs it and it's almost like so far, but the difference is, is that in addition to performances, there's also like discussion and Q&A. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. was a part of one of the Sound Shop events as well. Nice. Yeah, you should definitely, yeah, send us some of some of some of your peeps after so that we can like. So we could have too. nepotism too. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Is yeah. uh... music is all about. That. <laughs> yeah, continue. Sorry about our our stupid jokes. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think like Stallion Dunkies was also in so far. I'm not sure if you ever did anything with him. Tall dude, no. Mustache. <laughs> no, I've I've worked a lot of uh, shows, met a lot of artists, but he's not one of them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. okay. No, but he's, he's super talented dude as well. Yeah, I think you guys would gel well, musical, music. Yeah, musically, but yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah. So like, oh, so like you were like talking about how you how you have like a couple of singles coming up and stuff like that. Like, um, what is, what is, what is kind of like a timeline or kind of like a plan that you have, if you, if you do have any for this year, considering things don't get worse. (laughs) I mean, it is hard to say because there's no, the music industry is going on, but it's going on through the new normal. So there's no shows, there's no, you know, like big concerts or anything like that. They're still having award shows like the Grammys and they're still having the Super Bowl halftime show, which the weekend is performing at. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Not the same without the crowds. And so I'm learning to adapt to the new normal. And right now, I think it's really about hunkering down in the studio and trying to come up with mm-hmm. the best. And so I do most of my production in my room and I'm just writing a lot, producing a lot. I'm hoping to have my next release out in the next month or month and a half. And then uh, generally as an indie musician, it's a good idea to release music every, I'd say, three to four months. Mm-hmm. Because that gives people just enough time to start to miss you, but not long enough so that they forget about you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people would even argue and say at the beginning, release every month or every month and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
really want to lay the groundwork. That's why at the beginning, I didn't put out a single. I put out a full album just because I had all these songs that I just wanted out there. So I put mm -hmm. it out and that laid the groundwork for what I do now. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a sort of interesting, interesting question, right? Like, let's say, you know, for whatever reason, you were just never able to play live again. Would you still be a musician? I would say so, yes, because uh, I've gone about a year without doing a show. Like even before the pandemic, I was actually taking a little break from live to mm -hmm. do some more recording and focus a bit more on my producing and engineering of other artists. But if there was no live again, it would be very, very upsetting. But uh, if that had to be the case, I'm doing a lot of live streams. I'm doing a lot of posting on TikTok. I think that's mm -hmm. the next best thing. And that's what I continue to be doing. I'm even thinking about when my when my next singles released, there probably won't be concerts just yet, but I might do some sort of live stream tour where like for a week I go live, but on different platforms. So like oh, nice. live Tuesday, Facebook live, and then I go live on Twitch and then I go mm -hmm. live. And then Friday, our, our, uh, yeah. our Instagram. <laughs> Takeovers? Yeah, that'd be like interesting to do, like takeovers or something like that. Yeah. Make an OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Continue. Maybe make an OnlyFans as well. I don't know. Hey, I mean, listen, you don't have to just make porn on OnlyFans, right? There's like chefs on OnlyFans. There is. I'm assuming I've never been on it. I don't know. It's just subscription based content. Yeah. Have that in the works live stream tour yeah 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 because i feel like that's definitely because there's been like bands actually that have done a bit of like revival tours but only online like they've taken this time like like bands that i know that have been apart for like a few years or stuff like that and they decided you know last year into this year to you know perform to kind of like do like a comeback tour or like a reunion tour but it's but it's all just like you know live stream sort of stuff so yeah this past year for musicians has been you know very kind of like interesting because like you're forced to evolve yeah 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 definitely because like what do you think is the best option for somebody okay so take example for me because i'm about to you know release my first debut ep album whatever so like what so like what like um what what like advice or you know yeah so like what advice would you have for somebody like me who's gonna try and break out this year definitely first of all have your music as good as it possibly can be because uh that's what the focus is it's all about the songs the songs are the key component if you don't have good songs then the rest might not follow so well. Definitely have good songs, have good photos taken of you for social media purposes. When you're submitting to blogs, often what they look for is good photos. Definitely possibly think of some visual content to go along with the songs, like music videos, lyric videos, live videos. And when I say live, maybe just like live from your bedroom, that could work too. Just create content and share it with your friends and uh, things will start to pick up. That's what I say. Yeah. Interesting. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, like, 
Yeah, I don't know, like this year, because have you heard about any of, I would like definitely, because um, through the news segments that we do, um, like for like a couple of times, you know, I've kind of like reported about how like New York City is, you know, starting to like do like programs, kind of like street performances and stuff like that. So like, I would definitely say that you should check out some of like, I, I, I forgot what what they're called specifically the programs but like you know the city specifically and like city government is definitely trying to like put you know put you know trying to revive you know the scene in the city so I feel like in like a couple of months we're gonna see you know in, in you know some part a revival of kind of like live music so I would definitely yeah, tell no you to you know get on that oh sure I'm uh, trying to put a set together oh. speak and just think about like what new songs I could play, what old songs I could play, just ways to make my set better than before. So that when live music does become a thing again, I'm boom, ready to go. Yeah. Well, if you need a guitarist, I'm definitely down to help out with that. No. Take him off I, my hands, please. I'll definitely <laughs> let you know if they're unable to make it. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, like, well, like speaking of live music, like, yeah, so it's like tell us about what your experience has been with like with like performing your own music live in New York City. Like have you ever traveled outside of New York City to to like perform or like yeah, tell us about the kind of like the live aspect of your music. So the summer after I released my debut album, it was summer 2017 and that's when I went on my first and currently only tour, but it was very interesting to put together this whole tour by myself and manage it and uh see where I could take myself. So it was a Northeast tour, basically Boston through DC and all the cities in between the uh, boss wash corridor, as they call it. <laughs> and for first tour, it was pretty good. I, but it would have been better if I hadn't gotten sick halfway through and had the past like three dates. Damn. Also, the day after the first show, I got a kidney stone. <gasps> couldn't perform that night. It was very painful. And uh, other than that, the tour went pretty well. Damn, I mean, all things considered, yeah. You Maybe know. that was a sign. Maybe you were going to get into a car crash or something. They're just like, no, 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 no. Well, interestingly, <laughs> the van that we rented wound up having a problem where we couldn't close the trunk because uh, <laughs> some sort of electrical issue prevented the trunk from being closed. Really? So I called AAA and have them give me a bungee cord. And for the rest <laughs> of the tour, the trunk was just bungeed shut. Damn. Damn. It was That's... one of Murphy's Law kind of things where, like, anything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> Did it go wrong? I, I, we know that a bit too well. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So, like, okay, so besides kind of, like, the uh, terrible things that can, like, go wrong and tour, like, what does your typical, you know, live show look like in terms of, like, you know, um, instrumentation, band-wise, set-wise, how you like interact with like the crowd give us like the 360 sure so originally when i started performing my original music it was actually just acoustic believe it or not i started playing regularly around the city in like 2014 2015 starting to do a lot of open mics and at the beginning it was just me and a guitar or if the place had a piano or a keyboard it was just me and a keyboard then the next year i started incorporating a lot more electronics and backing tracks into my set and then the following year, I thought, you know what, it would be cool if I got a band together. So got a drummer, got a guitarist, 
got a bassist, got a keyboardist, and then me playing guitar and singing on top of that, putting it all together. And for the past few shows I did before the pandemic, it was very rare for me to perform solo. I would play live with a band. And I think that having that full band energy definitely kicks up the set another level. Mm -hmm. And I think the crowd feels it too, because I'm noticing that when I perform solo versus when I perform with a band, the crowd seems to be a lot more into when I play with the band. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's way more interesting seeing multiple people, you know, up on stage rather than one, you know, most cases. Sure. Unless you're like doing EDM and then you're heavily reliant on like visuals because you can then just be one dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just fucking loop everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you tried? I mean, because like once you go back or like once like touring or like performing in live becomes like a regular thing, what does um would you try to incorporate more of like a you know visual aspect more than just like the standard having kind of like the venue do lights and stuff like that? Like 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 say, I mean this could be like even like from now, like another year year like another year away but like do you have any specific plans for how you want your life shows to like look yeah it's interesting you should mention is when i was playing live i got a little bored of just standing on stage <laughs> playing and it would just be the guys so i have a friend who's a visual artist he actually came up with some background projections for me i have another friend who's sort of a hobbyist lighting designer so whenever we would go to the venue, he would come along and I'm just like, I brought my own lighting guy. Can he work the board? Wow. Sure. And he was able to coordinate some cool light cues to my show. Dude, that's nice. so nice. Yeah. You already have the whole team to get the yeah, publicist, lighting and wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does pay to have friends. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> eventually they, they'll uh, pay off. But that's really eventually. cool that you have everything like like you know put together and like even like kind of like the life aspect of like shows and stuff like that some mm-hmm. something that we like to ask all the artists that come on is like how do you feel that new york city has changed you like as an artist and as a person so as i said i went to i grew up in the suburbs and i went to college in upstate new york in the middle of total nowhere mm-hmm. so getting immersed in the new york city scene at the beginning was a bit of a shock because I had no idea just how many artists there were. It was incredibly competitive and incredibly oversaturated because every night back when shows were happening, there were hundreds of shows every night. It was very difficult to choose. And uh, you just sort of have to find a way to be persistent and not get discouraged if uh, things don't work out right away. You have to keep an open mind and make relationships with certain people and uh, find your community being in new york since it's such a big city it can be difficult to have a sense of community because uh you know in the eight million people that there are probably at least at least a hundred if not five hundred thousand of those eight million are musicians or performers yeah so there's a lot a lot a lot of people to choose from yeah i mean but like you've definitely made a point or like kind of like you definitely stand out i feel like for sure thank you yeah yeah oh okay so i mean is there like anything that you want to any like last like parting words or like words of advice that you want to leave the podcast off with well definitely check me out on yeah, of course places the platforms facebook where, where, where can people find you so on all my socials i'm at fair music f-e-y-e-r-m-u-s-i-c except for tiktok 
because originally I was fair music. And then because for a while I was doing a lot of non-music related content, mm -hmm. it might be a little confusing. So my username on TikTok is at fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got bored one day and changed it to that. I might change it back to fair music, but for now it's fair, fair, fair. Um, on YouTube, just as fair. Uh, I recently joined Clubhouse which uh, I know nothing about, but it seems like a cool I've app. never heard that before. What is it? I still don't get it. It's like Zoom, but like purely for audio. And like you can join these rooms. Okay. People are just having discussions. Oh. I just think like AM radio. Yeah. Oh, or interesting. Or to Discord, actually, I'd say. Yeah, yeah close to Discord. Interesting. All, it's all audio. Oof. And any other parting words? Just... Uh, I'm going to come at you with some new music, hopefully in the not too distant future. Nice. And uh, anything you guys are going to be up to? Uh, what are we up to? Do we divulge all of our secrets, David? Oh, we we, have secrets? oh, if only we had secrets that we could divulge. <laughs> nah, I mean, nah, I mean just really. like interviewing people. If you want, definitely send, send, send like artists our way because we definitely yeah, appreciate for sure. that. I mean, listen, like I said, we're, we're, or podcast dedicated to spotlighting New York City talent. So, yes. like anybody who you know, yeah, just reach out to us. Do you yeah. do you also like music journalists and things like that? Because I have some friends, yeah, as well who might be features yeah. for their blog or Yo, for sure. send them our way, bro. Uh, yeah, totally, definitely, awesome, awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. I no, really no, appreciate. I want to end it off. You want to end it off? Hey, want, so so fucking annoying. <laughs> So, uh, thank, <laughs> thanks, thanks, thank Faye. you for watching. Sounds like NYC News. <laughs> so, thank you, Faye, for coming on, and uh, we're looking forward to what you do this year. And thank you, everybody, for watching this episode of Sounds Like NYC News. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> thank you so much. I don't know. Do you want to do that part again? No, no. We, we you should it do in. it. You should redo it. I should no, redo whatever. It. No, doesn't no, matter. no. Redo it. Thank you guys for watching this episode of Sounds Like NYC.